thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Abnormal Psychologist, the show that shares everyday insights into getting the best out of your mind, body, and lifestyle. Now, please welcome your host, The Abnormal Psychologist herself, Carrie Thompson-Casey. Hello there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Abnormal Psychologist with me, your host, Carrie Thompson-Casey, the show where we are giving you the how-to to get the best out of you. Today, we are at the elegant and sensuous 28 on the Sunshine Coast, talking to the fabulous Kim Morrison about daily rituals for success. Well, today we are going to hear from the woman who is a fabulous businesswoman and world record holder, speaker and author. We're going to find out the secrets of using essential oils and moving your body. So, hello Kim. Hello, hello. So, as we went to start this podcast, I was feeling just a little bit nervous (laughs) and you've given me this fantastic smelling scent. Can you tell me a little bit about it? We, you know, a scent is such an incredible thing. It's very closely linked to our emotions. And often when we feel a bit nervous, then we're not breathing properly. So I found that, particularly that blend that I gave you is called Instant Calm. So it's got a combination of oils, frankincense, which is very good for when we're nervous. Neroli is the rescue remedy of essential oils. It's got lavender and chamomile and orange and mandarin. As a combination, that has a really soothing, calming effect on the central nervous system. So when we inhale something like that, it hits via the olfactory system into the limbic part of the brain. Yes. The brain then registers what those constituents are, and via the central nervous system, there's a physiological biochemical reaction in the body which we don't even know we just think we're smelling something i know it's, it is beautiful it's absolutely gorgeous and i hopefully it's done the trick <laughs> so as we get going can you tell us a little bit about your story i know a lot of our listeners will be familiar with you from up for a chat with the podcast that you do with karen and cindy so you can you give our listeners a bit of an idea about how you arrived here today at your beautiful 28 Well, I think like everybody, it's a journey. You know, I think for each one of us, we have a story. And um, probably mine started very driven as a young girl. At the age of nine, my mum and dad split up. And, you know, I'd gone through with my sister. There was a a whole sexual abuse case. And so that kind of stood me, I guess, in in a place of, you know, strength with my mother because the man went to prison and so wow. I've never felt bad about it and as such and I'm very happy and open to talk about it and support other women through it but through that and my mum working three jobs and, and had a younger sister and brother I probably took on the job of mum's right hand person and so from a very young age I was cooking and cleaning and wow. you know looking after my brother and sister from the age of 10 I was babysitting while she was out working three jobs And then I'd run the house and I'd cook and I'd clean and I did everything because I knew if my mum was happy, life was smooth, you know. And she was phenomenal what she did and what she gave up and how she provided. And she was very young. She had me at 16. So I guess we were like sisters in a way growing up. From there, I found a talent in sport. I found an outlet with sport and probably, you know, I danced until I was 14, 15. But my real calling was netball. And I then had a dream from about the age of 12 on that I wanted to play netball for New Zealand. Right. And I went through all the, you know, representative netball and I got to what we call back in New Zealand state level. So I got to play for Auckland under 21s and 
and I really started making sound waves in that whole area. I, I then had an injury where I was flat on my back and had really hurt my back for a while and that just gave me time to think and to observe and to really decide what I wanted to do but through all of that I also had a passion and interest to travel and my mum always said you know whatever you do before you have babies because she'd had me at 16 yeah make sure you travel and see the world and that just sparked something in me so my first job when I left school was actually as a travel consultant and I was really drawn to that because I heard that you could go on free trips and interestingly I won a trip to Perth when I was 19 after traveling to a couple of other countries but I went a trip to Perth and it was at Perth that I went with a girlfriend who told me about this really good looking cricketer that was playing in the cricket match between Australia and New Zealand at the Wacker and I was like cricket schmicker but I turned up and he walked out and I decided that cricket was quite a good sport you know long story short we went our separate ways but four years later we we reconnected and it was and, meant to be. You know, yeah, and we obviously married. And so from there, food was always a passion for me, learning how to look after myself. And it was also around the age of 19, before Danny and I re-hooked up again, that I really got into sport in a big way. What's interesting is I ended up running for Australia rather than playing netball for New Zealand. So <laughs> that was just yeah. an interesting story in itself. Yeah. So what are the rituals that you have in terms of your sport and your health and fitness tell us um, obviously you've achieved a great deal with your sport and I think for some of our listeners that's something they can aspire to and perhaps they're already doing a lot of exercise or fitness um, or movement of some kind and they might just want to take that to another level but what about someone like me who understands the importance of movement and wants to exercise but finds that connection between wanting to be fit and change body shape and knowing that exercise is going to do that of course nutrition plays a significant role as well how do you get yourself out of bed in the morning is it a habit now or how does that work for you I think, I think it has to become a habit and, and in order for it to become a habit you've got to do it very regularly. So I think first up and foremost there has to be a commitment but before the commitment there has to be a reason why otherwise yeah. people get it's too cold, it's too dark, it's too wet, you know I'm too tired. There's always a reason why we can't commit to something but there's never any excuse Even I've met people that are paraplegics and quadriplegics that still find a way to exercise the parts of them that are moving. And that's what inspires me when I realise that there's people out there that would give anything to do what I do, even to go for a walk. Now, most of us take it for granted doing our housework. We all see it as a chore and a hassle. But if you were someone who all of a sudden had your legs taken away from you and now you're in a wheelchair, you would think that... If someone said to you, oh, you need to vacuum the house, you would almost look at your body in a completely different way. So I think it comes back to really acknowledging that if you really want to do something, it's about taking the emphasis off yourself and realising that the greater good is for the ripple effect within your home, your family, your friends. So for me, and one of the biggest whys why I get up and do what I do is because I'm actually on stage a lot of the time, and that's a really big motivator when people look to you for health and nutritional advice and if I was overweight and not feeling or looking my best it would be out of integrity with who I am so putting myself out there has given me a massive why and my brother actually made me at the end of last year he said to me 
why don't you start posting your fitness workout regimes that you do? And I said, who cares? Like, really, who would want to follow me and why would they want to do what I do? And he said, I think you'll be interested. Just in the same way that you look for inspiration from people, you may find that your tribe will grow and people will want to follow you. So then I thought, well, if I do that, that means I've got to do it. <laughs> um, so I thought, well, okay, well, that's a commitment. Yeah, that's a great so, idea. So I started blogging it and putting it on my Instagram page, and I decided for a whole year, this year, 2014, I would put a workout a day or whatever I do on my Instagram and Facebook pages and see what happened. And for about three months, I'd get the odd like and the odd person saying, oh, wow, or what's a, you know, what's a sit-up pulse as opposed to a reverse lunge or something or other. And I kind of thought, oh, my gosh, um, oh, well, I'll answer that. And then, and then one day I didn't do my workout. I was naked, and I just didn't feel like it. And I thought, no one cares anyway, so I don't really need to post it. And like most of us, there comes a point where you go, well, really, does it really matter if I do or I don't? And then I got a barrage of emails and texts where's your workout are you okay <laughs> is everything all right and the hands are missing you yeah and what hit me is you can take that back into the family unit as well that when we're not on form people are looking at like everything's great when you're fine but the minute you're not fine or you're not doing something that you've committed to you realize in an energetic way you're actually letting the people down around you because they are looking for you for source of support. Yes. Now, our body is the most incredible gift, the most amazing vehicle we have ever been possessed with. And the only reason I can say that is if you've ever had it taken away from you or when you're sick or injured, you realize how great. I always say to people, you know, did you wake up this morning and say, oh, my gosh, my left little toe, what an angel, what an incredible, <laughs> amazing part of the anatomy, what an incredible foot you are to hold that little toe. And... Everyone says, no, of course not. But if you got up this morning, got out of bed and kicked the corner of that little toe on a hard table, we'd all be swearing and cursing and upset and then we'd be hurting and limping and go, oh. And we'd all see the negative of that little toe and that it's annoyed that it's hurt. But you know what? It's, it's in those moments I turn it around and I go, wow, I've got a beautiful little toe that I've never acknowledged and said how much I love. Now, if I can do that with my little toe... I should be able to do it with my chest, my breasts, or I should be able to do it with my butt, and I should be able to do it with my tummy. Problem is, we look in the mirror, and we have the subconscious belief that we should be looking like these models or these images that we are bombarded with every single day. Yeah, it's just too far away. And we look at that, and we think, well, we're not that anyway, so I hate you, or you're fat cow, or you're not good enough, or I was if you'll ever look like that. And then we look for excuses to prove why we don't look like that. So tomorrow morning when I don't get up for a run, it's because I'm too busy, I'm too tired, and therefore that's why I don't. And she's probably got a personal trainer, and she's rich, or she's got a lot of time, or she hasn't got kids, or she hasn't got a business. You know, we find every reason. But as my beautiful counsellors always said to me, there's lots of reasons, but there's no excuse Mm. for poor behaviour. Yeah, and I think that's where a lot of people struggle is is exactly what you're saying, that self-doubt that surrounds making an effort. Like, will it be worth it? Well, it's only me, maybe not. And I think um, particularly women find it really hard to invest in themselves. And I think that's what I'm hearing you say, is that um, not, even if you can't imagine investing in yourself around exercise and movement, even of the smallest start, then maybe consider how much you would like to invest in your family and how much that movement and exercise 
filters through the family and has a positive effect throughout I think that's really great Mm -hmm. and I think the workout of the day is fantastic and (laughs) we were talking before the podcast and saying how that I have been known to spring from my desk and have a have a go at doing a few rounds of the workout of the day and there has been times I have to say where there's a couple of the moves I had to YouTube and say how do I do that but it was really quick I just got on YouTube put it in there and it showed me how to safely do that move so I, I really think workout of the day is something that if you're trying to incorporate some resistance exercise in particular or just get the heart rate going over a very short period without maybe going out and having to buy a dvd and and i think that's another excuse too is we say well i'll get that very special dvd i know that damien christoph talks a lot about insanity and it was funny i was talking to him the other day i was saying how brett hill talks about being barefoot and Damien Christoph talks about insanity and I actually mixed my messages a little bit too much and started doing insanity barefoot and that, that didn't go too well and I hurt my knee. So, um, but what I've found is that the workout of the day is something that I, I, can, I can have a go and I might not get to this usually three to five rounds that you recommend but I'm just really pleased sometimes when I get myself back up off the floor when I've gotten halfway through and thought, well, I've done something now. I've had a go. So I must thank you personally for putting those workouts of the day. So how's the, what's the best way for someone to get that? Is that to like you on Facebook? Look, I've got on the Instagram page, which is like Chocolate for Women 28, or you can just search Kim Morrison. But I also post the same workout on my Like Chocolate for Women Facebook page. The whole purpose around it, the more I've got into understanding, you know, the more functional type of movement. I mean, I am a personal trainer. I don't teach anymore as such, but my whole background is personal training. And what I found is the way we were taught to teach people, specifically in the early days, was no pain, no gain. There was that one, which was a big one. And I had that mentality myself that unless I came back absolutely spent, I hadn't worked out. I'm also an ultra runner. I ran, I did 24-hour running, so I've gone to the extreme of that. That's incredible. And, and you really actually ran for 24 hours. Yeah. For 24 whole straight hours. Yeah. I mean, I had time off the track at times. You know, I'd have 10 minutes or 20 minutes here and there, but... That is the serious whole, fitness. Well, it was even more than fitness, actually. It became more of a mind battle. So the body... Yes. And this is what I keep trying to teach people is it's actually the physicality of the body is a beautiful gift in itself and we can sculpt that body to look a certain way but it's the mind that drives the emotional behavior as to how we treat it and what we do and so that's for me why oils have become such a part of it and now why I'm calling them aroma wads because I've noticed because my brother always said to me you know say exactly what you do well every time I exercise and ever since I've been 19 when I was introduced to essential oils I've used aromatherapy from the age of 19 there has never been a day I haven't used them and all of a sudden I realized, actually, one of the rituals I do every morning is I get up and I look at my oils and I choose one. I, sometimes I'll close my eyes and pick one, or other days I go, oh, I'm exhausted, I need an uplifting one, or, oh my gosh, I had such heavy dreams, I need a really calming one, or whatever. And so I will choose an oil or a blend of the day, and then I put that on a tissue, chuck it into my running top or my T-shirt, and then I do the workout with that smell. And then I've realized, and that only just, I mean, here I am, I've been doing this for 28 years, and because you're so in it sometimes, you forget that those little things are things that other people may not have thought of. 
So now I choose an oil because I realize smell is so closely linked to our emotions and it's our emotions that govern our behavior. So if we're feeling good about ourselves, we can spring out of bed and we're happy to go for a walk or to ground ourselves on the beach or to you know, maybe do a five-minute workout or even go for a half-hour run. We're happy with that. But what about the days that we feel like crap or that we're tired or we're sick and tired of other people hounding us? So for me, it was like, okay, I'll get my oil on no matter what. And then there's this ritualistic habit that the minute I smell my oil, that means movement for me first thing in the morning. So what I've decided with people is that there's always excuses why we don't move or why we don't eat well. And that is usually time and money. They're the two biggest excuses that I get yeah. thrown at me. Yeah. That's probably my favorite too. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and I always say to people, well, maybe it's not time and money. Maybe it's just that it's not a priority. And so I... Put it down. I always say to people, you know, if your priorities were different, the money and time has no effort or no interest and no impact whatsoever. So if I said to you, if you get up tomorrow morning and you ran 42.195 kilometers, you could run a marathon. And everybody in the room that isn't a runner or has never done it always says, there's no way. And I go, I promise you, unless you're in a wheelchair or lying bed or you've got some hideous illness, you would find a way. Now, I'm not saying you have to do it in four hours. I'm just asking the question. Tomorrow morning, would you get up and run a marathon? And most people will say no. Then I say, would you run a marathon for $1,000? And still most people would say no. But if I said to you, sweetheart, at the end of 42.195 kilometers from your house tomorrow morning is $1 million, I get a few ears pricking up. If I said there was $5 million, most people in the room would say yes. And I say to them, it doesn't matter if it takes you a day or two days, just could you do the distance? And then my, most people by that stage will say yes. Even those people then that maybe money's not their driver, if I said, well, I'm sorry, but the health of your child depends on you getting to them, yeah. they're 42.195 kilometers away, yeah. will you get there then for them if it meant it saved their life or it meant that someone you loved would be rid of cancer or that they'd be rid of their illness or something? I tell you what, 100% of the time we'd say yes. So the thing that then comes back to is how powerful your why is and what is it. Now, I have used that as my thing. I call it a breadism. So when I was 20 years of age and I was training to run in England for Australia, I went out and did a 50K training run down the bottom of Wilson's Promontory, down the bottom of Victoria. And I did my 50k training run and the next day I came in and my first client was Brett who was a top AFL footballer who had gone up for a mark, had his legs taken out from underneath him, he landed on his spine and severed the cord and was a paraplegic. Now every Monday morning he was my first client, I was a massage therapist and aromatherapist and a sports therapist and he came in every Monday in his wheelchair in training for the Seoul Olympics. He'd now turned his whole attention, okay he can't play footy anymore what else can he do? And he's such a good-looking young man, and he was such a beautiful person. He was in my room Monday morning after my 50K training run. And I walked in limping, and he said, Oh, Kimmy, how was your run? And I said, Oh, Brett, my legs are killing me. And as the words came out, I felt sick. And I wished to God that I could have retracted them because yeah. he just looked at me, and he could see the horror in my voice. And he just looked at me and said, Don't worry about it. But I want you from this moment on to know that I'd give anything for that feeling in my legs. I'd love to have chafing. I'd love to have a toenail lifting. I'd love to pull my calf muscle again, Kim. I would give anything for that feeling. Don't ever forget that. Very powerful. And I've never forgotten it. So the days that I don't feel like getting up, I know that Brett would give anything 
to get up in the morning and go out for a walk. So then I say, well, I could at least go for a walk. So then I'll get out and I'll go, I don't feel like walking. And there's another, and then I go, well, you know what, I live 50 metres from the beach. Walk down to the beach in bare feet, ground yourself and come back. When you do that, what I've also learned is part of the problem is actually getting out the door. Yeah. Once you're out, definitely. you're fine. Yes. It's actually getting out the door. So if I said to you, look, you don't have to go for a 6K run, but could you just walk 50 metres down to the beach and say a prayer and come back? That, to me, is a workout of the day. That is, to me, giving it 100% attention on you to nourish and move your body functionally to then come back and go, I did something. Now, you've just done 100% more than the person that laid in bed for an extra 10 minutes and went, oh, it's too late now, I can't exercise. Exactly. And sometimes I'll say to clients, uh, and, and I do struggle with this myself too, but I'll say to clients, you know, just go out the door, walk five minutes in one direction. And then when you hit five minutes, turn around and come back in the door. And that's 10 minutes more than you did yesterday. And, and I think also sometimes it can be a bit contagious. So you think, well, I'm outside now. Hopefully you'll just keep going and it might be 10 minutes in one direction. And, but it, as you said, the, the hardest battle is often getting out the door. So tell us a bit about, you said the aroma ward. So ward being workout of the day. So tell us more about, about the, the oils that you use workouts so so like I said it wouldn't matter whether it was a calming oil or sometimes I close my eyes and I, I just you've got to have the oils so it doesn't matter whether it's 28 oils or whatever oils that you love just get some essential oils high quality essential oils because they're the ones that will have a therapeutic effect mm. on the mind um, cheap oils from the markets will not have the same impact you might as well sniff a, a, a glade plug-in yeah. okay. so um so so get quality oils and it's got to be an oil that you like the smell of. If you get an oil and you go, oh, no, that's not me, don't think that you don't like it. It's just right here, right now. You don't need that blend or you don't probably need the qualities of that oil. So it's just we're ever-changing. So I always go, oh, no, I don't feel like that one. If I've got a little bit of a mmm, then I know that's not the one. Until I sniff one and go, oh, my gosh, that's so beautiful. Then I go, oh. Now, when I breathe that in, I take three deep breaths and I say, I am lovable, I am worthy, and I'm exercising and that's it and it's enough for me to be out the door now I don't know enough about my brain or my from a psychology perspective as to why but I think it's just become such a habit and they have become such an anchor for me that smell for me always means good always so my oils have always become a part of whether I'm in a challenged place or whether I'm feeling great, it's a celebration or a girlfriend. It's yeah. like having my girlfriend there to pet me up because most of the time we don't have someone patting us on the back. We do it for our children, we'll probably do it for our partners and we're probably very good at telling our work colleagues how great they are but not often do we do it to ourselves. So I've chosen to look at my oils as a girlfriend who tell me that I'm good and tell me that I'm worthy and tell me that I'm, I'm alive because I'm even breathing it. On the days that it's a real struggle, you know, life sucks sometimes and, you know, we've, we lose a pet or we've been told our friend has got an illness or, you know, we've just lost all our money or, you know, we've just been told we have to move out of our house or whatever the story is, most people you meet have a story and have got something that they've been they experiencing. Do, they do. yes. So none of us are immune to that. And so I don't like to say that my story is worse than yours or yours is worse than mine. It's not about judging that story, but it's about finding tools to get us through those challenges. For me, essential oils are those. And then I will say a grace every morning on the challenging days. Sometimes it's, 
I'm above ground, I'm breathing, I'm grateful. Or it'll be, God, please give me the courage, grace, strength and dignity to get through this and I'll take a deep breath of my oils. I think the gift of being a mother is that I keep saying the words that I say in my head on those days are, how would I show my children how to get through a challenge? So it's okay to have a challenge. So I'm not saying we shouldn't have them or we shouldn't acknowledge them or that we can't fall into a heap. But I do believe that our job as an adult is to then be the ripple effect for others to say, well, you know what, life does suck, but this is one way that I'm going to find to get through it. So how would I want my children to get through a challenging time? They're not going to be immune to it, but maybe I could set the example. They've seen me in a heap on the floor. And and I'll give you one little story quickly. When my children are stressed, rather than try and fix it in the moment, or my partner, or my husband, if, if you try and fix it, which is the first thing we want to do, because we don't want problems. Yeah, we don't who want... broke it? How do we fix it? Yeah. yeah. So I'll say, I'll just go and run them a bath, and then I'll put six drops of the chosen blend. It might be instant calm. It might be de-stress and revive. It might be peace and meditation um, or hormone balance when I've got my teenagers going off. Whatever it is, I'll put <laughs> yeah. six drops in the bath. I'll put some magnesium salts in the bath. I'll put candles on, and I'll put the CD, not the CD, the iPod player in there, and I'll choose some Tony O'Connor relaxing music. And then I'll go into the person, Jacob, my son, I'll say, sweetheart, I've run your bath. I don't want a bath. And I'll go, well, honey, you've been playing a lot of sport. It's just a good math. It's just a good oil, and it's got magnesium to help your muscles. So I'll give them some reason or anchor about him that suits him. With Taylor, it might be my daughter who's a top dancer. Sweetheart, I've just put some music in there. I think it's really important to give your body a chance, some time out. Or my husband, honey, I need to talk to you, and I know you're not in a good space to talk right now, so I've just run you a bath, darling. Go and have a bath. And they don't realise I've put manipulating oils in there (laughs) to make them talk. But, you know, I'll leave it. And more often than not, 99% of the time, they'll come out a different person and they'll be grateful. None of us have taken ourselves out of the position to go and do that when we're in it. And so it's beautiful when someone else does it. You know, a few months ago, I was in the same space. I was grumpy. I was tired. I was upset with the kids. And then they told me I had to come with them up the hallway. And I said, no, I can't. I'm too annoyed with you. And they said, you've got to close your eyes, mum, and just do as you're told and walk up the hallway with us. And they led me up the hallway. And I was so annoyed that they were pulling me away. And I was very cross with them. (laughs) And then they led me to the bathroom and I could smell the oils. And you know what? They've done exactly the same. Isn't that gorgeous? So by example... You know, it's very hard, I think you'll agree, that to preach and to tell people what to do. But I think the greatest gift we can give people is by example. So I know I want my children to exercise. I want them to lead an active life. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I have to lead by example. I want them to know that when they're stressed, there's an option. You can go and run a bath or have an aromatic shower or do an aromatic wad or just go and do a meditation. I have to show them that by leading by example. If I want my husband to speak to me nicer... Well, guess what? I have to lead by example. So I think what I've learned as a ritual for me is whatever I want in reflection to come back at me, then guess what? I have to step it up and be that example. I love that. And I love the story about anchoring. It just really is what sets me on fire as a psychologist because that's our our core is that classical conditioning where we can associate smells or a sensory experience with something good or bad. And I think what you were saying before about that that morning ritual where sometimes we say it's too much, it's too hard, I'm too tired, it's too cold, they're, they're the rituals that we anchor ourselves in that actually prevent us from getting up and exercising. And it sounds like what you're saying is that 
sometimes if we can learn to use a tool like essential oils and we can focus on being energized and that we want to have that energy and we perhaps can start to associate that scent with the positive feeling of completing an exercise routine and the more we practice that we get conditioned to be uplifted by the idea of exercise rather than the pain that we have decided it will cause us mm. and so I love that idea of anchoring and, and and whatever it might be but I think essential oil sounds very accessible mm. but I love that idea of starting to anchor in positive messages that you send yourself around exercising and that might sound really easy for me to say but as I've said several times I do find exercising is quite challenging for me and I in the practice I sit down all day so I think that if people can start to think about ways in which they can anchor exercise in their life as a more positive experience or even just a neutral experience it's just something that I do you don't have to love it necessarily to start out um, perhaps until it builds into a habit you know trust me you would love it if I took the use of your arms and legs away from you, all of a sudden you would value exercise and movement in a whole different way. Yes, the relationship would change. So don't lose it before you actually start to realise how appreciative and, and beautiful it is. And I always say to people that are overweight or not happy with where they're at right now, it's taken a really good commitment to get to that. Like if you really think about it, yes. you've actually taken really good commitment. You've eaten the Tim Tams at night. You've chosen not to exercise. You've followed a certain ritual, like you say, to get to that. So acknowledge how powerful that is. Now, if I could turn the actions and the desired outcome into a different place, then how could I create the same commitment? Well, the same commitment, but just different actions. Mm. So, And I think for some people it's also understanding that it, even if you're making great choices around food, it's really getting some valuable it's self-knowledge around how much can you eat but still be able to improve your health and fitness mm -hmm. so even if people start to be mindful about their portion size I think for me for example I started to eat the same amount as my husband mm -hmm. and we were eating great healthy food and and it was wonderful food but it was just too much combine that with really sedentary days um, behind the wheel traveling out to run clinics and sitting at a desk all day and studying all night it was a recipe for disaster but I, I, I think it's fantastic what you're saying is, is finding that why. If our, what, what is it has enough value for us to turn the table on the inactivity and, and translate that into being able to walk out that front door. And I love the idea of anchoring that with some oils. So I was wondering, like I'm still sitting here absolutely, and I can smell this mandarin and <laughs> it's keeping me calm. But I, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. I was wondering if you, we've heard so much about your exercise, your aroma ward, and your workout of the day, and they're just fantastic. Can you tell us maybe three things that you do daily, or even three things you absolutely commit to, even weekly, that you find are essential to you to keep your life in balance and focus? First and foremost is my wad. Now, on the days that I don't do a wad, because I post a wad probably at least six, sometimes seven times a week, but, you know, there's some days I just don't. And some days I don't feel like it. I just don't feel like it. And I've learnt that that's okay. You know, I don't beat myself up anymore. But I then look at it in a different way where... I don't know about you, but I, you know, I've always wanted to be a meditator. I always wanted to learn to meditate and do it well. But, and I've even learned transcendental meditation. I've done all these things. But what I learned is that I kept thinking I was wrong and I wasn't good enough and I wasn't giving it 20 minutes twice a day. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, I'm stupid at it. I'm useless at it. So there's no point anyway. 
until I read a book by Thich Nhat Hanh, a beautiful Tibetan Buddhist who called Happiness Now. And he talked about meditation is just about being present. So you the can mindfulness. be the mindfulness, which is what you just reminded me of. So one thing that I practice every day is mindfulness. And that might be when I'm chopping up the vegetables and I just all of a sudden find myself drawn into the look of a zucchini or and it might sound like I'm on some drug here, but <laughs> it was just practice mindfulness of when I'm putting on my body boost or you know my oils or when I'm doing my wad that some of the press-ups, like if I'm doing 10 press-ups, I'm actually really mindful of every single one of those hundreds of muscles working together to create in me the power and ability to do one press-up. And then I'm in awe yeah. of what an incredible body this is. And guess what? I've just done three press-ups that had I not practiced mindfulness, I may not have done. So I am very aware of that. And I'm also very aware that when I'm vacuuming, I'm exercising. Or when I'm cleaning the bathroom, I'm actually going to make this a 10-minute workout. How well can I do this? And let's jump, you know, three jumps to get above the shower that I can't normally reach. And I've just learned to turn my conversation in my head into something that contributes to my body in a physical way. So we've got the mindfulness, mindfulness. And, and the self-talk, the way you talk to yourself. Definitely. And I, you know, this is something the listeners will hear me talk about all the time is, is what are we saying to ourselves? So we have the mindfulness and we have the self-talk. Is there one special thing you'd like to leave with our listeners? The last every morning I do a body boost. And that's your oils. Yep. Which is every and I've never missed it in twenty eight years and wow, that's I've never ever missed it. And most of when I do it twice a day. Which is a ritual when I get out of the shower, I pat myself dry, I put a teaspoon of oil, whether it's coconut or jojoba or whatever oil, into a bowl, I add three drops of my chosen oil, three sprays of magnesium, and then I do a full body rub from toes to neck and it's very quick. And it's like it's done within 20 seconds, and it's an all-over skin treatment. It's a body awareness treatment. It's an honouring of myself, and it's me saying to myself every morning, "I thank you. I thank you for the gift that you give me." And because I'm so focused around food, and I'm very aware of of the way I talk, and I don't get it right all the time. For goodness sake, don't think I'm some guru in this, but <laughs> it's the constant bringing myself back to home base on that. So that when anchoring I, that we talked about before, the anchoring. Yeah. So my oils are my anchor. That daily body boost is what something I teach every day whenever I'm speaking I always finish with the daily body boost because that to me is a physical anchor with smell and a behavior around my body which makes me then feel like I care for myself and I know through all the years and I'm not a psychologist but you might be able to help me on this one (laughs) but I know when I practice self-care it means I'm practicing self-awareness and when I'm practicing self-awareness I'm giving myself the discipline of self-awareness and when I'm practicing self-discipline I've got commitment and when I have commitment I then have respect once I have respect for myself there is no doubt you can't do anything but love yourself oh that's amazing I think that's a great way to wrap up You are fabulous, Kim Morrison. Thank you so much. That was such a great show. Well, I hope you found today's information valuable. I have. It's been fantastic. Don't forget to support the show by telling your friends or you can go to our Facebook page, Carrie Thompson Casey, that's Thompson without a P, and like us there and give us your feedback or support us by going to the website, carriethompsoncasey.com. Okay, guys, take care. (laughs) 
Hi, it's Damien Christoph here. If you're loving the Wellness Couch podcast, then you'll absolutely love our special once-only free four-part webinar series starting Thursday, October 30. Join me and my Wellness Guys co-host plus Marcus Pierce from One Hundred Night Out and Inside the Champion's Mind as we dive deep into the hot topics of wellness over four consecutive weeks. Brett Hill will kick us off by showing you how to be fab and fit in five. I'll be presenting What the F and discussing the big bad F words when it comes to food. Lawrence Tam will leave you inspired with a magnificent mindset and MP will reveal his 10-step formula to mastering your life. These webinars are absolutely free and they go for an hour each and they take place every Thursday night from October 30 until November 20. To get access, you must sign up. So simply go to www.thewellnesscouch.com or check out The Wellness Couch on Facebook. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavour to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.